All right, it's Terminello take number four. Lou Terminello, how did time fly so fast? And, you know, it's been a fun run so far with the Giants and Jets making our Sundays just a bit better. But before we get into all of that, did you know Lou Terminello this month is National Disability Employment Awareness Month? I did not know that, Alex. And, again, great to be with you. I'm glad for making me aware of that. And I'm sure you know why that matters to me, because I do advocate. And I like to say I, I try and be in voice within the community. And some with disabilities in the sports world that I want to start out with is Jason Benetti. Obviously, cerebral palsy is something that can affect speech. But look at him. He's verified on Twitter. He's national. He does Fox games. He does the White Sox. I mean, the guy's all over the place. So he, does, he even does radio. So I want to give a little kudos to Jason Benetti for overcoming what he's gotten and and doing, you know, the game every day. Yeah, he, uh, Jason Benetti is a a big-time talent, and obviously you just outlined, uh, you know, some of the uh, um, properties that he he works on. He just got hired by Fox. He was with ESPN uh, for, I think, 10, 10, 11 years and uh, was hired by Fox in August uh, to do college basketball, college football, uh, MLB. Um, he also, and I, I don't know how this contract with Fox will affect uh, the fact that he was the play-by-play guy for the uh, Peacock, the NBC Peacock uh, game of the week, the Sunday game of the week that uh, started at you know noon, um, which uh, he did with various color commentators um, during the, during during the season. He's excellent. I mean, the guy can call basketball. He can call he can call football. Uh, he succeeded Ken Harrelson, Hawk Harrelson, as the the White Sox announcer. Harrelson, more a character of the game, in my opinion, which baseball has than a great broadcaster. I know he's in a in the broadcasters wing of the Baseball Hall of Fame, but uh, I think for a pure play by play guy, Jason Benetti for the Sox has improved. Has improved that telecast, and he works with Steve Stone, longtime oh, co- uh, an, an, analyst like, for, the, for the Sox. I feel like if you go around Chicago, everybody, even if they're not a true baseball fan, knows Steve Stone because obviously made his mark alongside Harry Carey as his color commentator. Moved over to the booth on the South Side with Kenny Harrelson. But one thing about Benetti is he's also funny, and I'm not saying that every announcer doesn't add some humor to it, but this guy. Can put in the jokes where he feels fitting, and I love that about him too. He seems to add a lot of color to it. Look, he has a great personality that comes through uh, the microphone. Here's a kid who's who was born ten weeks premature, um, and I believe when he was hospitalized because he was born premature, he had some kind of respiratory issue, which affected oxygen going into his system. And that, that that's what I think is where the cerebral palsy came in. I'm almost sure of that. Uh, he's undergone a lot of a lot of uh, physical therapy early in his life. I know he had multiple surgeries, but that didn't stop him. Uh, remember, as you know, you're you're uh, you're a, um, a, a, a hero for the human spirit. What what you've accomplished, uh, overcoming uh, what you what you've had to overcome in your life physically. Um, he went to the University of Syracuse, went to the famous Newhouse 
uh, School of Public uh, Communications, where so many announcers have come from. You know, we could we can be here for the next hour naming them. Um, then I believe I think he has his law degree also. So um, he let nothing stop him, and he worked his way up. And now uh, all that hard work is paying off. He's a big time talent. I, I, I enjoy listening to him. Yeah, I you see, know, unlike a lot of people, Alex, who say, well, I don't care who the announcer is. I'm going to watch the game. I don't watch the game for the announcer. Uh, well, that's true. You want to, the game is the, is the thing. But a well-broadcast game, and when you have announcers who do a good job, it makes, for me, the game more enjoyable. I, I would love listening to an announcer who is going to engage me with the game than somebody who really isn't into his craft or doesn't get it. I mean, I'd listen to the Dodgers because of the late, great Vince Scully. Um, you know, where we've been lucky with so many different announcers um, here in New York and uh, even throughout the country. But, we, you know, and the other thing I like about Benetti, he's not a homer. Ken Harrelson, who preceded him, like I said, was more a character of the game, and he was a homer. Um, Benetti, of course, wants to see the White Sox win. You know, the good guys up eight. Yeah, good guys up eight. (laughs) White Sox could be losing ten nothing, and uh, uh, some kid could hit a home run, and uh, you know, put it on the board. Yes, you know, ten nothing in the ninth inning. So, but uh, everybody has their style. That's what makes announcers different. But uh, uh, Benetti is is an excellent one, and I know some. People in the, in uh, who who are play by play announcers who know him and say he's a fantastic human being. So uh, you know that's icing on the cake, obviously. But uh, he does he does a terrific job. So that uh, that that was a good good call by you to talk about Jason Benetti today. Well, I guess you didn't have much to say about him. No, just kidding. Uh, I love that. <laughs> I love that. I love that we can highlight those because look. Um, Disability in sports is not really covered as much, so I try and do that as well on this podcast. And we should be covering the Paralympics more. Anyway, well, that's another story for another day. Mm-hmm. All right, Lou, I had I had four teams coming to this postseason. I would hope win the chip. Obviously, the Dodgers because of Vin, and as I keep telling you, I've never seen them win a World Series in 162. So I don't consider them the uh, you know I don't <laughs> consider them to win a World Series in the sense of the full season. So that being said, I was hoping for them. Obviously, the Yanks are number one I was hoping for. The Mets, because of the Mets, and I want to see them finally get down Canyon Heroes. You know, the whole the whole thing is, since we moved down here, we have not seen one professional That's right, yes. uh, parade down the Canyon of Heroes. But maybe that'll change eventually. But then I chose the Phillies, because that's my second favorite city, as you know. Mm-hmm. And they've come out and shocked the world, have they not? I mean, you take down 101, well, no, you take down the Cardinals, who have Pujols, Yachty and and uh, Wainwright's magical moments, you know, they're walking off the field together. Then you had Pujols' record-breaking season out of nowhere, you know, uh, six homers in the first half, 18, I think, in the second. Where did that come from? And yeah, that had, came out of uh, nowhere. Yeah, Yachty, eh? and of course the Mets fans are like, well, we remember those guys from 06 when they knocked us out of the AL- NLCS. Well, the, the Phillies got a chance to sort of avenge that, I guess, and they did in two games. I don't care if it was two games. I, I think that's an interesting move to knock them out after 162 games in two, better than one, right? And so what are your thoughts on the Phillies? They just have run through almost everybody, including this heavy-hitting Padre team. 
Well, uh, the saga of the 2022 Philadelphia Phillies is truly an interesting one. Obviously, they started the season with Joe Girardi as their general manager, as, excuse me, as their manager. And uh, early on, they weren't winning. Uh, the fans were on them. You might remember Alec Brom early in the season uh, couldn't complete the throw to first base. He couldn't field the ground ball. He was being booed off the field. Uh, one game, and, and it was against the Mets, he's coming back after making an error, and he uses an expletive as he walks back to the dugout, screaming to the crowd, what the bleep do you want me to do? You know, like basically get off my back. Uh, they made the big signing with Castellanos, Nick Castellanos, a terrific right-handed hitter, who just did not have a good year. Uh, until the very end, he, he started to uh, pick it up a little bit, but the fans were all over him. I mean, it was brutal what the fans were doing to Castellanos. At the end of May, they fired Girardi, who had been there two and a half years. And Girardi might have been a little bit up, too much of a uptight type of manager, and the team wasn't loose. And obviously, once Robbie Thompson took over, the team took off. Uh, they had a multiple-game winning streak. I think, uh, you know, they had a nine-game winning streak to start off. Um, and uh, then they lose Bryce Harper for two months, their best player. But that didn't stop them. They, they kept on winning. And uh, uh, Harper came back. Um, didn't get off to a good start when he came back from the long uh, dry spell with the injury. But they kept winning. And then it looked like they weren't going to make the playoffs because everybody talks about the Mets losing those three games to the Cubs uh, in, mid, in mid-September. That cost, them, that cost them the Eastern Division Championship. Okay, probably did. But then the next week, the Phillies got swept by the Cubs. <laughs> and it looked like the Brewers, who were absolutely dreadful down the stretch, were going to have a chance to sneak in. Well, they didn't. The Phillies got there. I didn't think the Phillies were going to beat the Cardinals. I know in two out of three, anything can happen. I thought the Cardinals were going to win playing at home. And uh, I liked their pitching. But the Phillies won. Then I didn't think the Phillies were going to beat Atlanta because I thought going in, even though the Dodgers won 111 games, I thought that... Uh, Atlanta was the best team uh, in, in Major League Baseball. And I would put consider them, if we were going to seed them, I would say they would have been the number one seed. But um, the uh, Phils <laughs> dispatched them in four games and really did it in a way where they were the better team. You felt like they were, gonna, they were, go, they were going to win, and uh, they did that. Then uh, they, played, they played the Padres. Um, I did not think <laughs> I did not think the uh, Phillies were going to beat the Padres. I thought it was going to go long, a six-seven game series. I thought the Padres w- w- were going to win. I thought the Padres were hitting their stride. But unlike the first two series, where the Padres were getting great production from the bottom of their lineup, Kim, Grissom, Nola, they didn't hit against the Phillies, and um, Harper was tremendous. And the Phils, except obviously. For, except for Austin Nola hitting off his brother Aaron. And I played the audio the other day of their father, AJ, being so nervous about the series. I mean, that was the coolest part of the whole thing. There had never been a postseason matchup between brothers like that. And, um, I, you know, Austin Nolan's story, no one talks about it. Apparently he was in the minors for seven years or so. And he almost quit the game of baseball. He actually did. Uh, and then came back, and look at him now. He was in the NLCS. So 
what a story of Austin Nola. And Aaron, I guess, was like, what, a, a draftee pretty early on in his life. In right. And I guess, uh, I guess Austin's about three and a half years older than, uh, than, than his brother. Um, so, again, and playing catcher, that puts wear and tear on your body. So, I, you know, who knows if Austin's going to get another chance to get to the World Series. But uh, this is an interesting World Series coming up. Uh, um, obviously, the Astros are clearly the, the, uh, uh, the best team uh, of the four that were in the AL and NLCS. Um, they they dispatched the Yankees, you know, fairly easily. I mean, the Yankees batted what one seventy seven for the for the ALCS. Uh, this is a different Astro team. Um, there's only, I believe, like four or four or five that are left from their 2017 uh, controversial um, series, you know, World Series victory. Um, but. Uh, it's going to be an interesting World Series. I don't think it's going to be a quick World Series. I know that the Astros are heavily favored. I know they're like a plus 170 um, in Vegas. You know, you have to, if you want to win 100, you got to bet 170. I think it's going to be a long series. The Phillies have a very good lineup. Zach Wheeler gets better and better. Um, you know, Nola's an outstanding pitcher. Ranger Suarez is a, a, a terrific pitcher. Uh, their bullpen, which was a Philly weakness, has, has continued to uh, excel. Uh, I, I think it's going to be a good World Series, Alex. I do. Well, let me ask. You, let me ask you this because I'm just thinking back now. Wasn't Robbie Thompson on the 17 Yankee coaching staff, and now he gets to face the Astros as a manager? So I guess <laughs> I think you're right. I think he was on the 17. I think he was a third base. He might have been a third base coach for the Yanks. Because I know um, when you're already kind of left with him, and then all of a sudden he was back in Philly as the bench coach, I believe, for them, and then he took over. Anyway, um, so he gets a chance to avenge what the Yankees went through in 17 in the Phillies uniform. I mean, I'm just rooting for the Phillies. I know Met fans saying F the Phillies, Yankee fans saying F the Astros. I hope you're right. <laughs> it's a great series. By yeah, the way, I think it's going to be a good series. I, I do. And Noah, two former Mets are now on the verge of winning a World Series with the Phillies, which is a tough p- a pill for Met fans to swallow, isn't it? Well, a, cu- a, cu- a couple of things. Syndergaard, uh, the Mets gave him the qualifying offer. The guy was basically out two years. The qualifying offer for $18.1 million. I thought for sure he was going to take it. And then the Angels offer, offer a guy who hasn't pitched for two years $21 million for one year. And he, so he leaves. Um, that, that was a fair offer that the Mets gave him. I mean, I, they had to give him. I mean, that it was the qualifying offer that set in stone. Um, and he did okay. He pitched okay uh, in his first year back from, from Tommy John. He's a free agent again at the end of this year. Uh, uh, Wheeler, uh, Wheeler is better than Syndergaard. Um, he's the real thing. His command... Even in his last year or two with the Mets, uh, was improved so much from his early years. And then he had Tommy John, um, and his command in his first two years with the Phils has been outstanding. Uh, the Phillies got him cheap. They did. I mean, I think he gets eighteen or nineteen million. And the way pitchers are getting paid now, they got a guy in his prime who's an excellent pitcher. 
Um, and the Mets, if Stephen Cohen owned the Mets one year earlier, uh, Zach Wheeler would still be on the Mets. Because you got, people forget that when the Phillies offered him the 18.5 or the 19, whatever it was, uh, he came back to the Mets. And so I really want to, really if you can match this, I'll sign with the Mets. Well, uh, Will Pons didn't. They knew they were, they were going to sell the team. And uh, they lost an outstanding pitcher. I think he's an outstanding pitcher. And with the four days off, with the two NLCS and the ALCS ending so quickly, they could, both teams can set their rotations any way they want. No, uh, Wheeler started the last game in the NLCS, and I assume he's going to start the first game in the World Series. Verlander, for sure, is going to start the first game for the Astros. Um, so it, I think it's going to be an interesting series. The Phillies have a terrific lineup. Um, the Astros don't have the offensive team that they had earlier, like in 17 or 18, when they had, you know, when they had Springer and Carlos Correa, especially Correa before he had all those injuries. Um, but I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to this World Series. In 1980, in the National League Championship Series, when it was three out of five, the Phillies and the Astros played a absolutely phenomenal playoff series, which uh, the Phillies the Phillies won. But it was a phenomenal playoff series. So hopefully we could see that again. Alex. Hello. Oh, there we go. Uh, obviously, you've got the Astros now. Um, real quick about Dusty Baker. I mean, come on now. He's on the. He's closer than he was, I think, as a giant manager because the Angels seemed to outmatch him 20 years ago. 20 years later, here he is. And of course, he was the manager for the Cubs meltdown. By the way, people seem to forget that. But wasn't he there when they lost yes, he, to the Myers? Yes, yes, he was. He was there for the Bartman game. Um, this is really closest closest uh, time. But before we get to him real quick, would you say that July 3rd, when I went down to Philly and surprised you, I traveled down to Philly by myself to watch them play the Cardinals, a Zach Wheeler pitch performance, by the way, when they won 4-1, to that series was the turning point for the for the Phillies a little bit. That gave them some steam heading into the summer, didn't it? Well, I, I think so. They, I mean, they were hot all summer. Like I said, then at, towards mid-September, they stumbled a bit. But uh, they were able to get in and ho- hold on, and they have an excellent team. I mean, they really do. And now that their bullpen, like I had said earlier, is pitching so effectively, they straighten that out. Um, they, I mean, they have a chance in this series. I think the Astros are going to win. I think Dusty will get his championship. Um, but the Phillies have a chance. This is no pushover series coming up. But this could be Dusty's time. I think so. I also think that Dusty has it sort of made, almost like Tory did, where he just had to make the lineup, they go out and do their thing, right? I mean, that's kind of the feeling you get with the Astros. They're almost robotic in that fashion. Well, I would say a, a, a little bit maybe, but uh, uh, like I said, they don't have the offensive talent that they had a couple of years ago. They can be pitched to, um, but uh, what they've done, what they have done is, They've replaced stars who left, Springer, who went to Toronto. They replaced him with Chaz McCormick, who's not as good as Springer, but uh, he fits what the Astros are trying to do. Tucker wasn't around when they won in 17. Carl Tucker's an excellent ball player. And then, of course, 
they let Correa go, and uh, Carlos Correa was an excellent ball player, is an excellent ball player, but young Jeremy Pena just won the NLCS MVP. I mean, the ALCS MVP. Um, I mean, so they have a good organization from top to bottom. And yes, I know they cheated in 2017. Um, I don't know how much their cheating uh, uh, helped them win in 2017 because they won in 2017. Uh, they they won in 2000. They went to the World Series in 2019. They went to World Series last year. They've played in six American League Championship Series in a row. Um, you know, interesting. I, think I mean, Yankees, yeah, I just think the Yanks, the, the Yanks hitting was more the issue all three times than the, the, the Astros hitting. I got to be real with you on that one. I just think. Mm-hmm. And I think, I think that, that, that's a good point. And uh, you look at the Yankees in the postseason this year, um, again, they didn't hit. Harrison Bader did a great job, but uh, they didn't get Harrison Bader to uh, be their best hitter. Uh, you know, and he what was he ten for thirty, and he hit what he hit five postseason home runs. That didn't stop Aaron throwing him under the bus after not knowing game one, game two leadoff spot. Like, dude, Aaron Boone, I am getting tired of only because I can't blame him for the lack of hitting. Okay, I cannot blame him for that. I can blame him for all the excuses he's made, not only this year but over the years. It's just getting tiring, Lou. And I think well, this was only Tuesday, and the Yankee fans want him gone already, but. They're going to take their time with this. I do think he will be fired eventually, though. Well, the thing is, he's a player's guy. He will never criticize the players. Um, some people think that uh, he's not tough enough. Uh, you know, you hear that some Yankee players, and yeah, I know the, fir- the first one is Glaber Torres gets criticized a lot, but there are other ones, too, saying that they don't, they don't hustle. They're uh, not on, uh, you know, they're not on top of the game situation, and uh uh, they were they were criticizing a, a bunch of players, but again, you know that's not that's not here, here or there. I I don't know what's going to happen to Boone in the off season if the Yankees going to make a change for change sake because whoever comes in is going to be um, you know have to report to the analytic team. Um, the, the Yankees lost to the Astros. The Astros have a better roster, number one, um, but Judge was five for thirty five. Um, uh, Galeber Torres 176, uh, Stanton 188. Uh, I think Trevino was one for 22. I mean, that's what killed him. You know that. that Luke, uh, I mean, I, I might get criticized for saying this, but here's my thought: We've done this for five years, okay? Mm-hmm. We've seen this act for five years, and I will not be ashamed to say, Judge has been part of that act in five years. He has been part of this team that failed in the postseason. Do we like a guy? And I love the guy. He hit 62 homers. He made this record season. But his postseasons have not always been up to those standards in the regular season. So it's time to wipe out everything entirely. You know, he did turn down this offer in the spring training. I don't know what the Yankees, they say. Which was a fair offer. That was a very fair Yankee offer. You and I would not turn down $33 million. I won't say that much. (laughs) Yeah, that's for sure. So, so he bet um, on himself. He won, but I think if he goes, it's 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 a loss. But it's not the loss that people think of. Only in the sense of we need people in here that can produce in the postseason, and he just has not. Can I just say that for the record? Well, do you think do you think the fact that uh, 
he now knows that uh, he has had some postseasons where he hasn't performed uh, to the best of his ability, hasn't come through. Do you think that's going to affect his decision-making, whether to come back uh, to the Yankees or go elsewhere? Because let's face it, now the media, which we know is unbending, unyielding, is going to say, okay, yeah, he's going to hit 45 home runs, and the guy's a great player, uh, no question, but we just care what he does in the playoffs. And I think he can handle the pressure, but is it, is it, will that affect him going somewhere else? I don't know. I don't know what you think. I'm not sure. Go I to San Francisco, go, go somewhere else where the pressure is less. He can't go to Boston if he's looking to get away from pressure. He can't go to the Queens to get away from pressure. No, and I'll tell you this much. His his attitude is still very cocky about it. Okay, so he's like, well, we didn't get anything done in the offseason. I'm a free agent now. Jared Cole, three years ago, I'm no longer employed by the Astros or whatever. He said. Mm-hmm. Yep. My point is that the guys have this ego that they think they deserve all the money in the world. And the fact is, although Cole earned his money, I think he had a hell of a game three to try and stop the uh, stop the bleeding here. Um, Judge has not. He's earned a regular season pay raise, but I mm-hmm. want the postseason to work too. Well, so, so do you think? Do you think that would affect him in his decision making of which team he selects going forward? I'm not sure. I don't know I how you think, but I have a feeling managerial is going to decide. I feel like he's going to say, "Well, I haven't won under Boone the last few years. Maybe I got to change the scenery somewhere else and more money. I don't know." I just think Boone's going to affect a lot of players' decisions. I just have this feeling. You could be right. You Whether know, or not you, they fire him. I... Yeah, no, I don't, I don't know what, what, if they're going to fire him or not. Remember, he doesn't get paid a lot of money, you know, uh, relatively speaking. So I don't know where that comes into play in the Yankee uh, thoughts. So, so we'll see. And, you know, I, have, I have people say, why do you want a clean house, including Judge? Well, because... We've had this five-year experiment. That's what I'm going to call it. And it's not worked for three times against the Astros. So isn't it insanity to keep doing the same thing over and over as Albert Einstein? Well, you make a good point. But I do think when the smoke clears, Aaron Aaron Judge will be with the New York Yankees. I I hope he is. I think he's a great kid to have. I just, I don't know what happens. All these guys in the postseason just froze up. Well, you got to remember, too. They're playing the best teams. Uh, you know, we forget sometimes that when these guys go on hot streaks, uh, you know, six home runs in eight games, uh, they're, not, they're, they're not going up against the uh, top teams, but it doesn't matter. Uh, now when you, when you get to the playoffs, you're playing against the best teams, the best pitchers. Um, you know, so we'll see. But like I said, when the smoke clears, I think Judge will be in right field for the rest of his career. As a and I hope he is. I think I think it'll be haunting the Yankees if they don't sign him. I just I have this mindset of how do we clean house at the same time. I guess is what I'm dealing with. Okay, but you want to make a point uh, when we talked off air about how isn't it something that the Phillies uprooted all these big teams, and is that something MLB needs to look at? I mean, what, what you know, is this an evaluation point where how could these big teams falter, or is that just baseball? Well. Uh, now, what has happened with adding the sixth team, and remember, Major League Baseball want to add a seventh team, and the Players Association, 
uh, uh, turned them down. So um, if they had done that, I, there were two teams that were barely over 500, one in each league, and I, uh, I just I forget who they were. But uh, well, would have been that seventh team at this point. And then, yeah. So and so what? what so my my point is that they're gonna they made they've made baseball like the NBA playoffs, like the NHL playoffs. Um, now, do I think? Do I think uh, the six National League teams that made the playoffs were quality? And I think last week and the week before, I said any one of the six National League teams could go get to the World Series. And ironically, the six seed, the Phillies, are in the World Series. I said in the American League, only two teams can get to the World Series, the Yankees and the Astros. And the Astros obviously were the one seed, and they got to the World Series. So, I mean, I think these things do go in cycles. Um, it makes it interesting. Baseball's not going to change it, and they shouldn't. Um, I just hope they don't add any more teams. I really don't. I mean, I liked it when it was five, you know. Uh, but um, we, first of all, they had such a good postseason. Baseball's not changing. All right, well, we've got a couple minutes left. And, by the way, talking about baseball is everything I can do that all day, as you know. Um, but there are other teams in town, and – you know, Syracuse did have a tough loss against Clemson. We talked about them we last did. week. But the Giants and Jets, I mean, is there something – first of all, I'm tired of the whole they're going to make the postseason at 6-1. and one. Let's let the season play out. There's got to be – there's like, you know, 10 more games left for the Giants, and a lot can happen in 10 games. But I think the biggest thing for the NFL, for the New York football fans, is that Brees Hall is out. And for the Jets, how do they recover from that? That's my first pressing question to you here. Well, a couple of things what you just said, um, and it actually ties in with your Brees Hall comment. Um, Giants are 6-1, and one, and it looks like they're going to make the playoffs. But this league is full of surprises because you never know when somebody is going to get hurt. A key player is going to get hurt. Uh, look what happened to the Jets on Sunday. They lost their best offensive lineman for the year. The guy's a stud in Vera Tucker. Uh, this kid, Brees Hall, was going to be the AFC's offensive rookie of the year. The Jets were just starting to use him in the game plan more and more. Um, I talked about once, once he gets in space, he's deadly. It's a shame that poor, the kid got hurt. So... I don't know if the Giants are going to make the playoffs. I think if they stay healthy, they will. Uh, you know, the NFL, the NFC did add a the NFL, excuse me, did add a seventh team last year to the playoffs. The Giants have done a fine job. Uh, their coaches, staff, they've done a terrific job. Uh, they're in every game. Uh, Daniel Jones has, and I've been a Daniel Jones fan, has been more than serviceable. He might be on his way to. Uh, to being a, a playoff-winning quarterback. I mean, he's not, he's not Burrow. He's not Justin Herbert. He's not Mahomes. He's not Allen. But uh, he has a chance to be a pretty good quarterback. Um, and, uh, you know, they won, they won a game last week, which really, if you looked, and I watched the whole game on, on Sunday, when Jacksonville looks at the film, they blew that game. They lost it more than the Giants won it. Um, but uh, with some crazy At the one-yard line, Lou, they just couldn't put it together. And, by the way, I think the Giants, 
I think Barkley, uh, you know, you can't really understand where you fall. What, what do I say? Uh, you can't That's right. Yeah, I mean, when you're running that way, uh, uh, he, he the intention was good. His foot just touched out of bounds, you know, so. But, um, but you talk about this, there's a fundamental shift going on right now where the top's being shifted to the bottom, and the bottom is, Mm-hmm. What do they say? The cream rising to the top, if you will. That that's what's right. happening. We got mm-hmm. the Patriots, the Bucks, and the Packers, who seem to be lost without a cause. I think Brady more so with a divorce that's clearly playing an effect. You can't. I that. I agree with that. I think the divorces, uh, the fact that Tampa has lost some of their offensive linemen to injury uh, and retirement. Um, they don't have the skill players that. Uh, uh, they used to, um, you know that that hurts them. The Packers, their defense, which was supposed to be a stud type defense, is not. They don't have the skilled players. You know, losing Devontae Adams was huge for for Rodgers. Um, I am surprised that they lost three in a row to the Giants, Jets, and Commanders. Um, that is not a good sign moving forward. Uh, you know the Jets gutted one out Sunday. They're a work, you know, they're still a work in progress. But I never, I thought they were going to win four or five games all year. They're five and two. I don't know, you know, what the future holds for them, um, or either the Giants. I mean, it might be a little bit tougher for the Jets because they have to play the next three weeks. They got to play, and I know New England was terrible last night, but they still got to play New England twice in the next three weeks. And Belichick is Belichick. Uh, they're not giving up. They're not going to roll over no matter what the situation is. And then uh, next week, after they play the Patriots this week, they've got to play the best team in football right now, the Buffalo Bills. So their road might be a little bit more oh, more I love, difficult. I love, I, love, I love that all three teams. And by the way, you remind me uh, that Buffalo's own Governor Hochul is debating tonight. So it's going to be a crazy night tonight. We won't get into that. But I'm, I'm hoping – I hope that people outside of New York City – Watch the the debate, and I don't know if you want to wait on that real quick, but yeah, it's uh, yes, no. Uh, everybody should watch that debate, and uh, I, not to get political, but this is an important election coming up. I don't I don't live in in, in New York, so I couldn't vote. Um, but uh, yes, it's time to clear out the incompetence. So uh, I think you know where I'm coming from. <laughs> well, let, let me ask you one last thing then, because speaking of incompetence. Was it dumb for those refs to even approach Mike Evans to maybe ask for an autograph? That's what it seemed like at first. It is stu- It is absolutely stupid. It makes no sense. I am sure that the National Football League is going to call them in on the carpet. Um, oh, no, it, they cleared them. They said nothing was wrong there. Did you see that? Oh, I did. I missed that. Okay, I missed that. Yeah, they cleared him. So I don't know if you got that update or not, but they ended up. I did not get that update. Thank you. Uh, I am surprised. Again, I don't know all the details. Uh, you know, I don't know if they exchanged uh, jerseys. Mike Evans gave the uh, uh, one of the officials his jersey, and the official gave him his his uh, <laughs> officiating jersey. But it what? just seems it just seems weird. Well, I mean, in my me, opinion, I feel like. If it's not happening in game, then it's fine. I don't know. That's just me. I know there are rules against it too, but there are, and the NFL are. is pretty stringent with those rules. But uh, I just you know, can't we'll wait see. for like someone, like a ref at the uh, at the you know the halftime or at midfield during the Super Bowl coin toss. Hey Tom, can you sign this for me? <laughs> yeah, that's that's right. But uh, hey, getting back times, to the uh, 
Danny Dimes is doing a great job. I mean, the guy, the kid's a great athlete. I mean, he rushed for over 100 yards on Sunday. Um, he's not afraid. He seems to uh, uh, get tougher as the game goes on. I like the kid. I mean, I think the kid's doing a good job. And uh, so, you know, an interesting, interesting I, I, game I this truly, week in Seattle. No, and I truly, I truly believe this. I truly believe that the uh, the the coaching was an issue, but Danny Dimes, as we talk about week in week out, he's got raw talent, man. You don't run past the Eagles and maybe trip on the like twenty, thirty yard line <laughs> and still get that run out. But no, you don't do that run for nothing, right? I mean, he's got talent there. So that no, was the, 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 the the kid is like I said, the kid uh, has good running ability. Um, I think he's only fumbled twice so far, which is a huge improvement. Um, and I I really believe that uh, uh, he could he could be a more he could be a Brad Johnson minimum. He could be better than that type of quarterback. And Brad Johnson won the Super Bowl in two thousand and two for the Tampa Bay Bucks. He was a very good NFL quarterback. I love Brad. And you have his jersey, jersey. which doesn't doesn't surprise doesn't surprise me at all that you have his jersey. Uh, And you know, just getting back to the Jet situation, obviously they won on Sunday. They toughed it out. Every every win in the NFL is a tough one. Um, They lose two key guys, and then last night, um, Joe Douglas gets uh, a, a good NFL running back. No, he's not Brees Hall. In, in Robinson, James Robinson, and that that will help them out. It's interesting to see if the Jets do anything else before the, before the uh, November 1st trade deadline. Very interesting. Well, you know what's funny about that is, real quick, they, they, they make this big deal about McCaffrey being traded, and yet the Panthers blow out the Bucks and the Chiefs beat the Niners. You can't make that up. Well, you you can't make that up. And really, you would you really think going in, in the natural, you would have to make that up. Uh, they they traded Richie Anderson on Monday. They traded uh, McCaffrey on Wednesday. Uh, they have no Baker Mayfield. They have no Sam Darnold. So uh, oh, they lost their coach <laughs> two weeks ago. Uh, and uh, the kid from Temple Walker comes in and did a great job. And uh, Tampa Bay Tampa Bay's got a lot of problems, my my friend. They really do. They're oh, lucky that the division is not great. Well, on that note, Lou, as always, thanks for joining. Watch out for the Falcons, though. I hear they're maybe primed for something. We'll have to see. But on that note, Lou, always a pleasure with Terminella's take. And again, Jason Benetti, keep doing what you're doing. Lou, keep doing what you're doing and join us every week. I love this. I I love being on with you. You know that. And we love having you, Lou. Thanks so much for joining us here on the Sports Hour. Well, I, I did it again, the Alex Garrett Sports Spotlight. Once again, shining on Lou Terminello. Terminello's take number four. You believe that? Hey, we'll be back next time. It is a big week for Disability Employment Awareness Month. We're going to talk to a few people in the field who are literally having one leg up um, in in their fight to make sure those disabilities are able to be hired. We'll get to that during the week. And, of course, more Alex Garrett podcasting on the way. Just stay right there. We'll be right back here on Alex Garrett Podcasting.